Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sestrino back here. Aren't we having fun? It's day six of the Survivor 46 two-a-days here as we are learning about these Survivor 46 contestants. Two more to talk about, Mariah and Tim, here with the guy who flew all the way to Fiji to meet them. Give it up for Mike Bloom. Yes, Rob, what you see, guh, is what you get, guh. And we've got, guh, two yeah. very fun interviews to close out this tribe. Okay, all right. I will try not to make uh, Bob Sega jokes or anything like that. As uh, <laughs> I, I think those references might be lost on the vast majority yeah, of okay. this cast. <laughs> all right, Mike. Okay, <laughs> so let's, I won't even. So, Mike, let's let's go here, okay? Uh, we've got Mariah up first. Third survivor, as we've been saying yesterday, the Kukuruna thought, the third survivor Mariah of the new era. Maybe Jeff is just a huge Mariah Carey fan. And he's like, I got to produce as many Mariahs on this show. Maybe, as but I don't think any of them uh, are, are they spelled uh, like none Mariah of Carey? them. Yeah, none yeah. of them have been spelled. We have M A R Y A, we have M O R R I A H, and in this case, we have M O R 1 R I A H. Yep. And the curse of the M's has not been kind to the survivor Mariahs. Yes, that's very true. Though, to be fair, we now have a Maria on this tribe as well. So that's a little bit of padding for Mariah to help All right. her case. All right, they have to make it fair. We wondered why why Maria and Mariah on the same tribe. You got to give them a fighting chance. Okay, Mike, uh, tell us about Mariah, who we will hear from in uh, just a moment. 
Mariah Gaynor. She is 28 years old. She's originally from Florida, but she has gone coast to coast. She currently resides in San Diego, oh. where, Rob, uh, we are pulling from, I feel like, uh, a sector that has been very rarely seen in U.S. Survivor, much more in Australian Survivor as of late. We're going into the world of politics. Mariah mm. works as a program coordinator for the city of San Diego. Yeah, city politics, you know, very different than like uh, the national politics. You say politics and you sort of like uh, get like visions in your head. But it sounds like uh, that she's, you know, uh, very invested in like uh, actually like making progress in her community. Yeah, usually with American Survivor, we see contestants go on the show and then go into politics. Oh, boy. Here, it's the exact opposite. Of course, I'm talking about Nick Brown and Jelana mm -hmm. Jones. <laughs> yes, for sure. Okay, uh, Mike, anything you want to set up here as we get ready to listen to Mariah? I mean, Mariah is incredibly interesting, not only as a person, but coming in, there's a lot of similarities between her and certain members of the cast. You mentioned the Maria and Mariah of it all. But also, as Mariah is going to point out, there may or may not be a doppelganger on this season alongside Who we have her, not met yet. Who we have not met yet, though, of course, if you look you at the did. photos, I did. You, could you could probably harbor a guess at it, and we'll certainly get more specifics into that interview. But I think Mariah will certainly show through this interview and with her personality, she is one of a kind. Okay. All right. Let's listen in on Mike Bloom talking with Mariah. Your name, age, and occupation. Sure. Um, my name's Mariah Gaynor. Oh, do I look at the camera or are you? Uh, you can look at either or, whatever you're okay. more comfortable yeah. with. My name's Mariah Gaynor. I'm 28 years old and I'm a program coordinator for local government. Yeah. So for the city of San Diego, yes, is that correct? For the city of San Diego. How did that happen? <laughs> I'm incredibly curious. So a lot of luck and a lot of um, phone banking hours, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm not originally from San Diego. So the fact that I'm in local government means like I'm a complete nerd for like local gossip, basically. <laughs> but I like... I moved out there about four years ago and I started, I just said, you know, screw it. I've always loved politics. I want to get involved in that. I've never like had the wherewithal to do it before because I was like, oh no, but blah, 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 already volunteered. They'd never accept me. Not true. Mm -hmm. So I just volunteered with the local mayoral campaign, worked on that for a minute and they said, oh my God, you're competent. Here's more stuff to do. And I just rose that rank on that mayoral campaign until I was deputy campaign manager. And then she had an opening in her office for communications director. So she didn't win the election, mm. but I was able to get in her office. I transferred over to the person who took over her office, actually. And then after being communications director for a bit, I found an opening in, in their performance and analytics department and somehow <sighs> magically waltzed in. <laughs> That's incredible. So what is it like? You know, I guess... As a TV nerd, the yeah. closest thing I think to is like Parks and, Parks and Rec. Is that exactly. comparable at all? Yeah, um, my, I'm like a good B-plot on Parks and Rec, <laughs> to be honest. Like some of the antics you get into is like, we had like a good while trying to figure out a new printer code when mm -hmm. everything stopped working. We had like a ceiling tile fall one day and we had to evacuate from asbestos. Like it's really like a ho-hum situation up there. Mm -hmm. But the impact that you have, it really is like Parks and Rec. Like... I am such a nerd for like 
doing a little thing and getting a major accomplishment of like, I just took a new service life for people can like report it on their phones. Like, oh, my neighbor's running an illegal short-term vacation rental. And I like help to make that happen. And I'm like, yes, I did it. Illegal short-term vacation rentals are on the app. (laughs) So it's the small victories that I think you have to cherish in life. Otherwise, if you're just chasing the shark, you're missing all the fish. Oh, especially, especially in bureaucracy of like, it feels like you're like walking through molasses some days. So like when you even like some days, I'll be like, they replied back. Oh my God. Happy day. So then (laughs) when Survivor replies back and says, congratulations, you're a contestant on the newest season. What has has led you to this path that's sitting in front of me? What made you decide amidst all the different departments that you've been a part of that Survivor player would be a part of that as well? I'm a complex creature, Mike Bloom. (laughs) So (laughs) I have a lot of many, many hobbies and interests. And I'm just the type of person to kind of take the bull by the horn. Like, again, local government, not something you normally see an outsider Mm -hmm. in. But for me, it comes in many facets. Like, I play D&D. I'm trying surfing. I brew beer. Like, I just got my master's. um, Let's get super nerdy here. What's your preferred class and race that you play? So I like playing a half-elf warlock. Ooh, okay. My whole thing is that I love, and this applies a lot to Survivor, is I love the idea that you can enter this game and players can think of you as one way and you actually get to be something else. Absolutely. They're thinking like you're going to pull out the bow at any point in time and then when you hit them with the spell, they'll never see it coming. I literally just told a cast, like a a producer, the word Eldridge Blast, and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, the one thing every warlock knows, baby. Yeah, you just gave Jeff, I think, a new idea for a twist. I know we just passed by the whole medieval <laughs> theme, but like, uh, just tell me about these Eldridge Blasts and how they apply to the game. Excuse me, um, are you holding an Eldridge Blast? I have the knowledge as power advantage. Yeah, you can take any spell slot from any person that might be left there. I'll take your level 10, please. <laughs> well, what's your history with watching Survivor? Yeah. Is this something you've been doing for a long time? Or are you like a core Quarantine binger? No. So I'm like somewhere in between. I am a super fan, so uh-huh. let's get that out of the way. Okay. But I came in in the weirdest season possible. Uh, my first season watching was Cochrane's win, which mm. was like kind of this all-star season. So, of course, I missed 90% of what was going on in the subtext there. Yeah. But it just captivated me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of extended back and watched all of them and then watched everyone since. And I think the thing that really spoke to me is I'm a nerd. Yeah. I did not fit in growing up and mm-hmm. going on, you know, watching Survivor and seeing players like Cochrane, Aubrey, and this like wonderful parade of strong, independent, quirky women, you know, of like Hannah, Kellen, mm-hmm. um, Gabby, Franny. Yeah. That really kind of helped myself be more comfortable in my own skin. So to that point, if you were to give me one winner and one non-winner that you associate with the most, is it part of that list you just mentioned of the nerds? Yes, the parade of nerds I just mentioned. The the nerd parade. (laughs) The nerd parade is strong in Survivor. Of course. Well, that being said, I mean, when it comes to perception, is that something you're aware of, especially considering, like, we have seen nerds, well, you talk about Franny, someone who had a lot of success in many different ways. Is that something that you're actively trying to play into or against? I think I'm going to be playing a little bit against that, okay. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Of I think my personality, like I am a very social person. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people. And I think I talk to people pretty well, mm-hmm. to be honest. So I think if I get into that nerd perception, people are going to put two and two together and be like, well, she's smart. She can do puzzles. I like her that's a red flag on Survivor. That's a one-way ticket to Ponderosa, my friend. Yeah. So I think I'm almost trying to play that down a little bit, but at the same time, I'm okay to dork out. (laughs) 
And like what that means is like maybe I'm not talking about NASA or talking about how like I do the crossword every day, but I can relate to someone over if there are any fancy people there. Like I'm a huge, I play some video games. Yeah. Not that many, but mm. like enough to make conversation with and something I can lean into. Are you going to tell anybody about your current occupation? So that's been a hot question. I mean, yeah. I've thought about this a lot. And being in public service is such a core part of who I am Mm -hmm. that the way I'm kind of framing it is I do IT for the city. I don't want to mention the word government. Mm -hmm. I don't want to mention the word politics. I don't want to even mention my department. But when people think the city, they think like, you know, garbage or a mm. garbage pickup, like civil service, like it's not as political. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a middle ground of not, you know, wiping out my personality, but maybe not being like when I deputy campaign managed. Yeah. Like, so that being said, I mean, obviously, politics is a literal part of Survivor. What do you think is going to be most applicable from everything you've done for the city to now being out on the island? I think something called subtle influence, right? Subtle influence. Interesting. Subtle influence. So the idea that like I work with people much higher than me on the ladder in my daily job and I can't go to the mayor and say, mayor, sign this. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't work. So the way kind of around that is like talking to someone, getting your alliance member in real life to maybe broach it, knowing where people stand, understanding how people and relationships form Mm -hmm. and using that to my advantage. And that's something I have practiced is like figuring out if I want someone to do something maybe the best way is not to ask them and maybe not me to ask them. You talked in your bio about how organizational you are, that you are like Miss Google Sheets, right? (laughs) Yeah. Is that something that's going to apply to the game as well? Because things can get so messy. Are you hoping to try to keep things in as many neat little boxes as possible? Or is that just a foregone conclusion? (laughs) So I feel like I'm going to sound like a crazy woman saying this, but I'm going to try and keep them in the neat little boxes in my mind. Okay. Of like, it's not necessarily something like you are this, you are that, you are that. But I think this really comes into play in like relationships and alliances. It's just understanding like maybe even a numerical, like they were an eight, nine, like hot or cold or like trying to figure out a system to remember where everyone is, who everyone is talking to or relating to. Mm -hmm. And like that's not really putting them in boxes, but rather checking their progress and temperature over Mm. time. Yeah, you got to get those uh, like color coded charts going on as well to see how warm or cold something is. Don't tempt me with a good time, Mike Blue. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about, you know, your, your superpowers, yeah. but let's go to the other side. What would God. you say is your biggest kryptonite? Oh, God. Anything including balance. Oh, <laughs> no, not anything including balance. I did practice. Like, yeah. I'm not a noob here, mm-hmm. but I am a complete klutz, to put it quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not unathletic, yeah. but I think people in this game, especially looking at women to get out, that's kind of a huge benchmark is are they strong enough to keep this tribe strong? And I'm hoping to prove myself. Uh, I think I got chutzpah, so maybe that'll make up for some. But I do think that, like, this ain't impressing anyone, (laughs) you know? What has your preparation level been like, either from, like, a challenge perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, a social perspective, rewatching seasons, making fire, all that jazz? So I rewatched every season from 26 on. Okay. And you wanted to experience Cochran winning all over again? <laughs> of course. I got to start off on a high. Exactly. Why not? But I got to go reverse chronological order and kind of keep track as when how the game evolved as well. Interesting. So that's just like watching from that. I read a ton of strategy books. I'm an avid reader. Mm-hmm. So how to win friends and influence people. I read one on game theory. I read a book on 
don't split the difference in negotiation styles. Mm-hmm. My, I did continue working, so I guess that's prep as well. Yeah. And then as far as puzzles go, I bought a 3D printer. Okay. And I did... Come through Carson 2.0. I did like five or six specific survivor puzzles that I was able to find online. And mm-hmm. I did the like, like maze thing. Yeah, the little snake with the ball. Uh, not the snake with the ball, but the oh, maze. The, the Swiss cheese. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that thing. That was yeah. just like my nighttime ritual at the end. <laughs> but... On top of that, I also got in the habit of whenever I went to work, I would just find a puzzle from the internet, set it to print, just to keep that puzzle mindset going. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, there's more. I do the New York crossword every day. I do Sudoku. I do the New York Times mini. I do the Wordle. And mm-hmm. my little sister is a teacher. So she gave me a bunch of cute little, like, summertime unscramble these words. Like, oh, so you're hoping that you get to the final five and we get this, like, unscramble the letters to find the advantage type of thing. <laughs> I mean, that's either my dream or my nightmare, because now that I said it, I won't be able to do it, of course. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that'll be after 24 days of, like, malnourishment and exhaustion. Nope. So I think you could forgive yourself a little bit that the junior jumbles you did may not no. pan out. I will say with the junior jumbles, of, at first she gave it to me, and she's a second grade teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So she gave me these jumbles, and I looked at them, and I'm like, oh, these are hard. And I got in my mind, and I'm like, I don't, like, am I dumber than a second grader? I saw that show, Are You Smart as a Fifth Grader? I am not. And I kind of, like, put them aside side for a while until I talked to her and she's just like oh no those are for 12th grade you're fine and I'm like okay that's fine that's fine I'll give them to me then that's yeah. fine and listen some of the people you might be playing with might be like a little a bit older than a 12th grader so like if you're yeah. on their level then that's your competition yeah so once I got out of my mind that I was in fact passing second grade standards <laughs> I felt a little bit better about myself speaking of your competition yeah. What are you looking for in an alliance partner are you eyeballing like a ride or die take today 26 type of person I, I can be. My biggest strength is going to be my flexibility. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly resilient as a person. Like, I've growing up, like, in my adult life, I left Florida, lived in Wisconsin, New York, and now San Diego. I've worked in IT, healthcare, politics, my God. Um, PR, I've waitress. Like, I've, I've been able to go with the flow in my professional life, even though I don't seem like that loosey-goosey type of person. Mm -hmm. So I could see someone, but it's really going to be a feel for me. And the number one thing I'm actually looking for in my alliance member is someone I can read better than anyone else in the game. Interesting. I want to make sure that I get to... Because they're your second set of eyes and ears, right? Yeah. So I want to know what they're telling me and what they're not telling me. And the best way to do that is to find someone that you can read well. Well, let's talk about perhaps you reading some people around here, right? Mm -hmm. It's been some days you've been able to make eyes with people. Is there anyone that you are looking at right now as someone that you might see could be that second set of eyes and ears that if they show up on the beach with you, you're like, best case scenario? I I have a few picked out. Um, There are a few different people that seem like a really good person, like similar temperament. Maybe I see them reading. Maybe uh, it's fine. Describe them to me. Yeah, like... Um, there's this one woman next to me, really cool freckles. Mm-hmm. Like she seems like a very like similar pace type of person. Interesting. Similar, like a guy with like a beard. I'm also looking for maybe people who wanted like initially pair together. Mm. So maybe a little bit more covert. The one that's kind of the big question mark is there's a woman on here who I swear like looks like my older sister and is like a <laughs> doppelganger. I, I don't know. I mean, that'd be the ultimate twist if you found out like your older sister had come out to play and you don't even know it. So about- Surprise, it's not survivors like Ancestry 23 and yeah, me. Exactly. This is blood versus water, but only for you. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, but like it is scary. Like, so far, like everyone in the hotel has got it mixed up at least once. Like, someone's handed me her meals before. Like, she 
The best way to describe her is she has the hair and the glasses, except her glasses are rainbow. I don't, you'll meet her. Yeah. It also helps that the first day we were both wearing a backward ball cap. So, so. let's say you and her meet up on the beach. Are you like... There can only be one, or are you like working together? Maybe you'll do a little bit of like parent trap swap places. We'll have to see. I'm hoping the tribe doesn't look at us and say there can only be one. Yeah. Because if that's the way it'd be, it's going to be me. But (laughs) I think if I do end up working with her, and it all depends on, you know, personality, and like I haven't heard her say a single word here. Right. So I think if there is something there, it would be more covert. Because people would look at us and expect us to work together. So right. we're going to be looking for that. Now, how about on the other side of yeah. things? Is there anyone that you're eyeballing and you're like, listen, if I get on the beach with you, I'm writing your name down first chance I get. Yes, there is. I'm a judgy bitch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there, oh there are a few, not a few, but there's one or two people who I'm like, I don't see you as maybe like, someone who's really going to give it your all. Mm. And I truly like, you should always keep your eye on the horizon. Mm -hmm. But the first part of the game is a group game. Right. The group will determine your fate more so than the individual. So I can see them maybe playing an individual game a little bit too early or too eager. And to me, that's a red flag on a tribe member. That's a red flag on an alliance member. That's a red flag on anyone on the beach. (laughs) Yeah. Is there any descriptions you can give me of those types of people as well? Um, I'll say, one, I can see, like, there's one woman, absolute drop-dead gorgeous. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know if, like, her and I might, like, necessarily get along. Just seems like different is that Is that also the woman who looks like you? Is that what you're trying to say? There's an absolute stunner out there is the one that looks exactly like me. Exactly. She's doing great in life. Love it. <laughs> so when it comes to advantages, yeah. let's say first few days, a boat shows up to your camp. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, one person has to go on a journey. What's your tactic there? Are you volunteering to go? Or are you trying to, like, get someone else to go? How are you approaching that type of dilemma? I think Lauren was a genius and unfortunately can never be repeated. I know. You're going to know that there's going to be 17 I other know. people that are going to be like, I don't need to draw rocks, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get the rocks. No, you won't. Yeah. So I think my start is maybe not that. I'm really hoping, but hope's not a strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think especially on the first few days, it is a lot about just taking it as it comes. And almost, I don't want to say reacting because you should have a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the person that goes on, I might want to make a decision right then. Are they my partner or are they my foe? Because either way, they're powerful. And that's something you can work with. When it comes to advantages in general outside of those mm-hmm. first few days, how hungry are you going to be for them? Or are you going to politely push the plate away and go back to the buffet for something else? Well, they don't give us any food, so I'll be starving. Yeah, but- that's true. <laughs> well, and we saw yeah. Danny actually eat a clue. So like, yeah, any port in the storm. <laughs> I mean, if it's edible, why not? (laughs) But I personally, like, this is my dream being here. Mm -hmm. I am a grab the bull by the horns type of person. Yeah. So I don't want to be too obvious about it, but I'm looking to play. I mean, advantages in this game is knowledge, which is, I won't say power, but it is currency. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a little bit of change in your pocket, whether you're playing it or not, that's how you can really make stuff happen. You can, like, move alliances. You can manipulate people. You can, like, leak information or even deflect. Yeah. So getting that advantage to me is part about that advantage, but also about that, like, confidence and power it gives you in the game. I have to bring up something you wrote in your bio. Okay. You never know how much I second-guess myself. And it's, it's so interesting given you have had such, like, a journey-filled life already, yeah. right? You talk about the number of yeah. jobs and locations that you've been to. Yeah. Is this something you've lived with your entire life? 
a thousand percent. I always have like that like nagging voice in my head of like even like going back to my doppelganger. I got here and immediately like imposter syndrome just filled me. I'm like, I'm I mean, not. It's, it is literal imposter syndrome. I'm like, I'm not even the best Mariah here. Are you kidding me? She has rainbow glasses. That's not fair. Yeah. So like it's kind of there at all times in my life. And I know that I hear it a lot is I present very confidently. Mm. I tend to like present this like. I don't want to say a front, but I feel like I present a lot more confident than I actually am. And a part of my fear is I'm just going to show this 100 percent like like confident, unwavering person. And that's just not it at me. Yeah, I will say that would be a first for Survivor to show an unconfident, unwavering, like confident, unwavering person. But (laughs) I just want to make sure that like there is a lot of anxiety, a lot of second guessing, like my Achilles heel in this game will be my overthinking. So talk to me about, have you made a plan to, to curb that? Or is that something that you just feel is ingrained in your DNA at this point? It's ingrained, but a reason I really loved Aubrey as a player and also Hannah to that vein mm-hmm. is that they learned to use their anxiety as almost like a tool in their game. Yeah. Like their sixth sense. Like it wasn't a detriment and it wasn't something that they stowed away in a box, but something that they were able to really wield to help feel people out. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a place that I want to get to. And yeah. who knows, maybe I'm there. Probably not. <laughs> but it's something that I'm always kind of second guessing, keeping track of in my head. Do you have a typical process for decision making? Because I would imagine, especially in your job, that, mm-hmm. you know, and especially given the Google Sheets of it all, is there a internal decision tree? What do you rely mm-hmm. on usually when it comes to making a final judgment on something? I'm a big fact person. Mm-hmm. So you can get wrapped up in these emotions and like thinking it through and these gut feelings and all. But like, you know, Tony screwed a lot of gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Like he just took your guts, wrapped them up and had them for dinner. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not something you can always trust in this game. It's not something I don't, I want to discount, yeah. but you got to go back to like your list of like, do they have an advantage? Are they for me? Like, are they vying for me? Mm-hmm. Where do I stand with them? Where do they stand with me? So I think like having this almost like breakdown to help make decisions helps it unmerk the waters a little bit. Yeah, because I was going to ask with this concept of overthinking, which is incredibly relatable on my yeah. part. <laughs> I mean, how does that match up with the new era where there is so much out there in terms of knowns and advantages and unknowns of you never know when you might be split apart the next day? Do you yeah. feel like that's conducive for this particular era of Survivor or do you think this is more so like a weakness for it's you? a dream come true for this era of Survivor. Less really? time means less time to overthink. That's a good call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like we have this like sheet coming out at where we had to like fill out like information and uh, who knows what they're going to do with it. But I, at the end of it, I was looking at it. I did my draft. I did my read over and then I'm looking at it and I'm just like, here, take it. I don't want to look at this anymore. Mm. And just being able to move forward and being able to move forward at this rapid pace of, you know, the forties really helps curb that overthinking because better or worse, you thought it, it's done. Move forward. Yeah. That's a really interesting thinking because we have seen, especially as of late, like how, quick the thinking is up until those final moments when you're gathered for tribal council. And I would imagine for you, it's like, is there a name? Great. I'm going to stick with it and like, just write it. Because the moment you start getting more names into your head is the moment that everything starts getting jumbled up. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously I say this now, but like I play a lot of games at home and like one of my favorite ones to play is Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm, I'm not sure if you mm-hmm. played. I haven't played it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I've beaten this game. When I say I've beaten this game, I've climbed to 
the top extension on every single player in this game. I have logged my hours. I've done it on two devices. <laughs> and one of the biggest things is that when you play a card, you can't just play any card. You have to know your next four or five moves. Mm. So I know part of me wants to be that person to say like, yes, any name, great. But I know in the back of my mind will be like, okay, if I do this, then what's likely for that or that? If that, what is the, what is the avalanche of this mm. person's absence? Who's filling this power void? Because yeah. there's always got to be someone. Not a lot of snow to be found out here, but you're thinking of the avalanches. Good, thinking, good weatherproofing. Yeah, I, I'm really optimistic. I, I'm from like warmer climates. Yeah. So it's weird I went to avalanche. Yeah. But so give me your, your, your hottest survivor take. Give me your most controversial thought about either a player or a season or like the show in general. I'll say it loud for the people in the back. Last gasp is not a good challenge. Oh, it's a survivor classic. It's I a hear. survivor classic. A lot of people love it. I I don't think it teaches you a ton mm-hmm. about players that you could do like inland. Um, I don't think it makes for good television. Mm-hmm. And I, as a viewer, oh yeah, I'm like sitting there thinking like, ooh, that sounds interesting. That seems wow. But ultimately, when you've seen it so many times, you know what's going to happen. The tide is going to come and people are going to go out. Yeah. So... To me, not a good challenge. So let's say you make it to the post-merge and it comes up. Are you like, I'm, uh, I'm good with this one? Best challenge in the world. Exactly, especially if you win it. Oh, God. I I do think I I have a shot at that one. Uh-huh. Hopefully. I don't think they'll do it because they just did it on 44. True. So it, it's a little bit of a cycle. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm pretty comfortable in water. Well, let's finish things oh. off here. If you could pick a celebrity... Or a fictional character to come out as your loved one, who would it be and why? Oh, that is a good one. Honestly, I'm going to go with Tom Hanks from Castaway. Specific. I mean, we are on the island that it was filmed, so. I I was in my mind on that, to be honest. (laughs) I saw Castaway, like, in the hotel before we came out here. Really? And I'm like, it's paid. I got to watch this. Mm -hmm. And I think mostly so he could, like, redo the shelter yeah that's true but i think maybe that would like help me get into a little bit more of a zen silent mindset i think that would be someone fun to bounce ideas off and to be honest they would be great company because they'd just be happy to see another human exactly love anything yeah you you are vastly superior to a volleyball in my opinion that's just my base judgment of you oh wilson i don't know about that really (laughs) that was a very impactful volleyball i mean i suppose so but at the same time i'd rather have someone to talk to and i guess the good news is if you have like dental problems he'd be able to what do you use like a a, 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 an ice skate to like give himself a root canal yeah Ah, bad scene. Well, the good news is that Survivor will definitely be less painful than a root canal, so... To be determined. <laughs> well, your fate is to be determined, but for right now, I am, I'm so happy. I got the chance to talk with you. This was Likewise. such a delight. This was such a delight. And Thank I, you. <laughs> I'm so excited to see what happens next. How are you? How are you doing right now? What's sort of the temperature check at this moment? Okay, so I'll, I'll go back to Jesse on this. What do you mean temperature check? Like hot, cold, 8, 1 to 10? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, like uh, what are you feeling, you know, particularly warm about your prospects in the game? Is the anxiety that you're talking about before flooding in right now as you're, as you're talking with me? I think there's definitely a trickling stream of anxiety just about the unknown. We don't know the tribes. We don't know who's on our tribe. Yeah. We don't know literally jack shit about what's gonna happen so there's that like anxiety the unknown like kind of this undercurrent if you will but there's an overwhelming tide of just looking around this cast seems phenomenal yeah everyone seems smiles all around which you know is so rare in survivor which is why it's day zero Mm -hmm. but i'm 
anxious and excited and really ready to start this adventure. You're at least anxious to find out if that other person is related to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we have like ancestry, like technology on the island, yeah. but who knows, maybe we'll be in a reward, like the 23andMe <laughs> Go reward. to the sanctuary sponsored by 23andMe. Yeah. That'd be a jump. That'd be a jump. Only for you two, though. We got to figure some stuff out. <laughs> this was so fantastic to talk with you. I'll let you get back Likewise. to everything with the rest of your day, but so great yeah. meeting with you and enjoy, you enjoy what's to come in the next few days. Thank you. I, I'll do at least that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yeah, there you have it. Great job, Mike. Talking to Mariah. Would you believe it, Rob, that this is not Mariah's first foray onto television? Oh, <laughs> what, what, what else has she done? Through my scrubbing through, uh, I guess I was sort of like the, the background checker. What was the name of uh, the rat effer on Succession? Uh, I was that guy hunting and pecking through some background checks here. Mariah appeared on an episode of Wipeout back in 2021. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, how did she do? Did she win? I don't believe so. She fell into the drink? Yes, uh, and listen, it's a much larger drink this time around. It's a whole ocean full of yeah. drink, but she's ready to drink up this game. Now, Mike, I noticed uh, this time around uh, you went away from the emotional cocktail and you went with uh, give me the temperature check. And that threw Mariah off. So maybe the emotional cocktail is working. Well, uh, yeah, I'm talking about drinking it down. But I also I had to go back to the Google spreadsheets of it all. Right. Mm -hmm. And we talk about the temperature. Don't tempt me with a good time, Mike Bloom. One of the many fantastic one that I gave. audibly <laughs> laughed uh, when that happened. <laughs> Lots of LOL moments for Mariah. I think that's what she's going to bring to this season. There really is a lot of quirkiness to her. And I think what's so intriguing to me about Mariah is that, to your point, Rob, local politics substantially different from stuff on mm -hmm. the federal level. But I think you look at her and you check out a lot of her interests and the way she presents herself. And she doesn't really read as somebody that would deal with the government primarily for her job. Yeah, but she's also very driven. You know, I feel like she mentioned a lot of the uh, nerdy ladies of Survivor, which the nerd uh, maybe, parade. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that lovingly, because when she talked about these people like uh, and she referenced, you know, Hannah and Gabby and Franny and Kellen, like, oh, yeah, these are all my friends uh, that she is referencing. So I think that Mariah is going to be no matter how she does on Survivor, you know, a, a wonderful addition to this Survivor community. But I felt like that out of all of the people that I felt like that she was channeling Hannah the most out of all these. And interestingly, of course, Hannah, a Parks and Rec super fan. There we go. So she would have so much admiration for her if and when Hannah like binges the season to catch up when she speaks with you. I do also find it funny that she mentioned the nerd parade when she was talking with the parade nerd in my <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. That's I, your business card. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah so Mariah, I think, to your point, expresses like her own overthinking. I think that's where Hannah gets brought in the most, right? The person who most infamously in the first vote they cast in their Survivor season spent an extraordinarily filibustered even in the voting booth to have that happen. And I think that Mariah acknowledging that certainly helps. I think what also helps is, as she mentioned, the new era doesn't really allow for that. You can certainly spend a long time in the voting booth. We've seen a couple of times people do that. I believe Carolyn, of course, had a moment mm -hmm. where that happened. But I think Mariah actually is ideally playing in this new era from her perspective because she is a chronic overthinker, someone that has to categorically spreadsheet every single possible decision that she can make. But here, 
the spreadsheets get thrown out the window and you can certainly make lines in the sand, but those are going to get washed away with any twist that comes your way. Yeah, I think that so much of, you know, the survivor, especially like as we talk about it in the new era, like we get to meet these people and learn about how they make decisions. And then, you know, we meet somebody like Mariah who tells us about how, you know, she is very much like uh, coming from a place of logic and loves spreadsheets and being organized. And I do wonder, you know, I guess where the problem is you, you don't know what information you can trust. So when you are doing a spreadsheet in real life, okay, so you know what the numbers are and you're loading them in and then you are making, you know, reasonable decisions based off of the numbers. The problem is that on Survivor, it's like, I don't think you can trust the data all the time. Well, that's the thing. Objectivity does not exist in Survivor. Uh, maybe, okay, this person won immunity, this person has an advantage. And I think she does define that appropriately where she says, yeah, I will only really do that typical type A organization on island if it's trying to track who has what or how much does this person trust in me? But even that is veering into subjectivity. There's not a lot of like hard and fast facts mm -hmm. you can lay out there. Uh, there's no such thing as a uh, dribbling the ball back uh, to quote another show from that perspective. But I think what I also really enjoy about Mariah is that she is somebody who, yes, does have that way of approaching things from a very clean, logical perspective. But as she expresses, the life that she lives has kind of been anything but. She has moved around to so many different places, has worked in so many different jobs. I'm a complex creature, Mike Bloom, is what she tells me. Mm -hmm. uh, like the... the will be gotten Charlie Brown special that will inevitably come out about my life. Uh, so I think what she's going to be able to do is present this image of somebody who, yes, has that ability to kind of compartmentalize to help her get along, but is able to get along quite literally with these people by not presenting as that type A personality, in my opinion, as somebody who can be a bit more carefree, who can talk about fantasy and D&D &D and video games with people. Though I will say, I think she maybe missed the boat on like the pitch perfect cast to talk about that with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the pitch perfect tribe, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Uh, I think uh, she's very 44 and 45 coded with her interests. I'm not entirely sure if like, actually, she could talk fantasy with Ben. We know Ben is a massive fan of the Lord of the Rings. But, oh, like, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to sit down with Jem and be like, hey, what class do you play on D&D? &D? Yeah. So I think there's like an interesting uh divide that's uh, maybe coming up in this uh, tribe of people who are like are a little bit more serious and maybe people who you know and Mariah I think that uh, does have a like the ability to be uh, be serious but I th maybe she's a like a, a has a little bit different interest than the rest of the members of the tribe yes I agree with that but I think she is trying to paint it as I have a wide net that hopefully I can catch some allies in. Uh, and even so, like, she comes from a world that is all about, as she mentions before, subtle influence. So, like, if also she needs to BS interests, I'm sure she is more than happy to do that. Let's talk about perceptions a bit, Rob, and Mariah's image, because, you know, we shall be so obtuse to look at the glasses. She says that she'll probably be perceived as someone that is brainy. And I do think... For a cast that sort of lacks those externally nerd archetypes, 
I do think this is somebody who can be looked at and easily viewed, especially in the later yeah. stages of the game, as like, oh, this is a brainy person. She'll be good at puzzles. We need to get rid of her. Well, now that we've talked about five of the members of this tribe, and we're going to talk about Tim next, who I think is definitely going to be uh, the most like uh, physical member of, of this tribe. Like, I feel like that they're a little undergunned in terms yeah. of uh, how they're going to be doing in the challenges. I do think that this is a group that could be going to multiple pre-merge tribal councils and I think that they might be looking at okay who's holding us back in the challenges Mariah had talked about that this was going to be a concern of hers it's definitely a concern of mine about her coming into this game yeah, I mean, that physical component obviously is something that bears a lot of weight, quite literally, in those that cannot carry it. That's why we saw that extraordinary amount of women go in the pre-merge in the new era is primarily because of that. I think her ace in the hole is that puzzle aspect. Now that you especially have gotten a look at Tim and we'll get into it, I don't necessarily see any other like go-to puzzle People, mm -hmm. I think Mariah is someone you can easily turn to and be like, great, you're going to be the one doing this. The counter is if she doesn't deliver on that, then like, what good is she? But if there is something where these people are just getting outmanned in every single challenge and they say we need strength above all, then yeah, Mariah says herself she is not the physically strongest in this tribe that does contain Tim, Charlie and Maria. Yeah, Mike, uh. She seemed to say that uh, she did not get the best vibes from the one particularly gorgeous woman. Did you get a sense of who that was? Yeah, so I imagine that's Venus. Uh, okay. Venus, I think, has the most like uh, stereotypical like teen era survivor look to her. So I would imagine that's the case, though. Again, I don't want to put too many words in Mariah's mouth. Maybe she was talking about somebody else. But let's talk about perceptions of this cast, Rob. Let's talk about... One of the many anxieties that Mariah has been given in her uh, nation survivor career is her touching down and getting mistaken for another cast member almost immediately. So Liz is the doppelganger, they say, um, and mm. they do both have glasses. Um, you know, it's uh, hard for me to say that they look exactly alike. Well, I think Mariah initially couched it as she looked like her older sister. Like, I could definitely see a relation between them if one of them was on claim to fame <laughs> i could see it be related to the other one yeah okay that would be the layup yes that would be the layup exactly and i don't know they probably still suggest elton john i think liz has the elton john glasses more <laughs> than mariah but yeah they both have glasses they both have this like thicker more auburn hair mariah points out that they basically both wore like the same thing on the first day i yeah. do think if you look at their cast photos they have two different looks but again mariah got mistaken by the production crew for yeah. this other person yeah you know what also in the picture uh their cast photo that liz has her hair up and mariah has her hair down but you know i could see it i definitely could see it yeah so this is i feel like a rarity especially in modern day survivor as yeah because well. i feel like that typically they'd say like okay let's uh save one of you for you know like i'm surprised they didn't like put one on survivor 45 yeah, but to be fair, these two are on a separate tribes, and maybe this will create a little bit of a fun runner. Uh, I know that Mariah is still keeping it up in the air as to whether or not this is going to be like her best friend or her worst enemy. I'm really hoping for a Highlander survivor scenario, Rob, where like they both get to Mergatory, and it really is like 
Neither can live while the other survives. Only one of us is allowed to get to the end with this look. One of us is going to have to change. <laughs> okay. Would be fun uh, if it gets there. All right. Anything else on Mariah, Mike? Yeah, so overall, I do think Mariah has a lot going for her. Again, I think that even if Sega does end up losing challenges, yes, this might be where she is most vulnerable if they view her as weak. But I do think she'll be viewed for that that academic perspective and be looked at for puzzles. And I think from a personality perspective, I think she is someone that seems very sociable as she touts and someone who could definitely... Her personality, I think, sticks out a bit more uh, with the exception of Ben compared to the rest of her tribe. But she didn't seem to, like, incredibly pop out as somebody wacky. She's more so quirky, to use uh, an adage that we used before with Jess. And I think she has a really good head as to, like, how she views herself, her ideas of using anxieties, which might be a shortcoming as a tool to actually inform her thinking about the game. She's not keeping herself in any box that she'll be organized, but also be open, be very fluid, uh, because that's kind of the life that she's led up to this point. I think my couple of drawbacks are, A, as you mentioned, that potential to be looked at as a weaker person in the beginning of the game. And also, potentially, like, yes, Ben is the most outlandish personality, but, like, will she also be someone that might fail if she doesn't have the right subject to talk about with people? And then also... When you get into the merge game, is she somebody just due to the way she comes across and especially that academic perception, would that work against her as, oh, okay, she's this big brainy threat we're going to have to take out? Okay. I am worried about her in the pre-merge. Um, hopefully she can make it through because I think she'll be a, a very fun person to have around. All right, let's switch gears and get ready to talk about Tim, Tim Spicer. They call him Spice in the Streets. We'll find out why when we hear from Tim and we come back right after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. All right, Mike. Tim Spicer. Yes, the spice must flow, and here he is flowing into the seat in my jungle office to chat with me today. Not ice spice. No, uh, but though he may be accruing some munchkins along the way, he does have a couple at home because he's a father of two. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, Tim Spicer. Tim Spicer is 31 years old, uh, currently lives in Atlanta, and he is a college coach, and there's multiple interpretations of that because he not only helps kids get into college, yes. but also helps kids that are in college as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, we will hear him uh, talk about it all uh, with Mike Bloom as we listen in. Here's Mike and Tim. You know, on paper, my name is... I look, I'm sorry, should I look at you? You can, whatever you're more comfortable with. Oh, okay. On, on paper, my name is Timothy Spicer Jr. When I'm in schools, higher education institutions, I go by Tim Spicer. And when I'm in the streets, they call me Spice. <laughs> what type of spice are you? Picante, you know, just super high. However, however the mood acquires, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, I'm 30 years old, and I train high school students how to apply to college, and I train college students how to survive college. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah, how yeah. did you find your way into that? Maybe about 10 years ago, I went to this workshop, and they said, Tim, you're a leader. I said, whatever. And believe it or not, I was. And they made me like really tap into my influence and my whole narrative as a young black male. And since then, every summer I've been dedicating at least a month to just dedic- to training the next rising class of seniors on how to apply to college. Is that something you've always wanted to do? I don't know. I yeah. thought I wanted to be an actor. I knew I wasn't going to do sports. But I knew I could leverage my voice. So um, the leadership elements and inspiring others came natural. So I just stuck with it. I'm just going to point the mic a little bit lower for you. Sure. Just make it most comfortable you can be. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Mike and Ike. Of course. So then let's talk about, you know, the exact work that you're doing. Are you talking like prepare your college essay or are you talking like you know just trying to to get through the day like what's what's the exact stuff that you're trying to educate here i'm talking all elements of what the college application entails so i take them through a gold mining process where i figure out what is valuable in their story and and basically determine what we need to tell colleges to get you in to stand out uh your academic rigor what do your transcripts look like which schools could should you apply to can you even afford to go to that school is this a safe school does this school have your major um how to apply for fafsa a big thing in the states everybody can't afford college but what's the financial aid process so that you and your family can actually make it and then on the higher ed side it's really about the day-to-day mm. you know it's not that college students 
suck at college they suck at life and college at the same time so that adjustment period and being able to guide them on you know what it means to be a success to them Mm. and for their family and then just a lot of the time just proving to them that college isn't going to make you better than your family it's going to make you better for your family so how does that play into the application process? Are you saying like same shit, different day? Now I'm the one that's that's you know making the applications, going through the entire uh, gold digging process, as you said. Yeah, I mean uh, the application it, it it dives into it because one, the applications are changing. I think in the last with the birth of the pandemic, sometimes you didn't need a test score. Sometimes yeah. you didn't need uh you didn't need these qualifiers if you will but one thing they they haven't eliminated is this essay mm-hmm. colleges still want to know who you are as an individual so it's kind of the same but uh we're focusing more on the individual and what they need to really distinguish themselves from the other thousand of applicants so what made you decide it's my turn to fill out an application yeah. i'm here to play survivor how did that end up <laughs> what's the trail of events that led you in front of me today so mike i was uh just in an interesting place professionally and personally where I wanted this new challenge. Um, really, since I started having kids, I started really dreaming even bigger. Um, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, yeah. Carter and Cooper. And when they came, I was like, I need, to, I need a challenge. So I started running. And then after I started running, I said, I need another challenge. I did a triathlon. And then I, me and my wife were watching Survivor. I'm like, babe, I can do that. She's like, yeah, whatever. And I said, you know what? That's another challenge. So I, I get into the video. I get into looking how to apply for Survivor. And one thing led to another. This is my first time applying. Wow. First time on the show. It's been an exhilarating year, honestly. I think yeah. I submitted a video in May wow. of last year. So... Um, and it just turned me on. I love I love a good challenge. I love a good push. And, and, and it goes back to the work, you know. You're teaching students how to survive. Mm-hmm. That's one thing to do it in the world. But if I can come out here and survive on my own, then I'm actually putting, you know, the talk with the walk. What's been your history with watching Survivor? You were a recent convert. Did you watch from yeah. the beginning? I, uh, well, beginning like season one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, it, it, it was on in the house a little bit, mm. but as a child, I wasn't really too interested. But as I got older, I think the cutthroatness, um, the challenges, the swimming. I've been a swimmer all my life. So, really? yeah, yeah, the swimming definitely. I'm like, bro, I can... These people can't swim. I can swim for real. And so that's really been exciting to me. And then, of course, as I got older with the family now, a million dollars is definitely appealing to any dad. So give me, from your history with Survivor, give me one winner and one non-winner that you feel like you identify with the most. One winner. Let's go with the non-winner first. Sounds good. the non-winner, I don't remember her last name. I'm going to go with Drea or Diane. Mm-hmm. Diane played this, like, sneaky low game, and, like, people kind of weren't even, you know, aware, but she was always strategizing in her internally. Um, Drea was just really, uh, I think her name was Drea, but she was really... What season was she from? 41. Okay, okay. 41. She was really... Uh, straightforward and she was stoic you know you couldn't yeah. like read it. she's a personal trainer but i loved her whole aura on the game it was serious but she was still able to open up the winners i identify with jeremy 
and Wendell. Wendell and I went to the same alma mater, Morehouse College. Oh, really? So that was definitely inspiring to get out here and, you know, kind of follow his path because he's a winner. And then Jeremy being the family man and being strategic, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was taking big risks. He was the first person I seen swap his reward challenge, you right. know, for somebody else. I'm like, wow, I never thought of that. That's definitely that could make a difference in your gameplay. So those are the players I really uh, enjoyed watching. What's your favorite moment in the history of Survivor? Oh, uh, that's a good one. Favorite moment. It's not like it's probably my favorite learning moment. It's when Jesse tells uh gabler ex too much mm. he tells gabler too much and gabler uses it as an event uh like this is insight and he's like no we got to take out this whole jesse yeah. cody thing that was probably my favorite and then la lastly tony tony the way tony just moved around the camp like a psychomaniac <laughs> Like, I want to be that relentless and find as many. I, I want to find more idols than Tony. So that was definitely. That's a lofty goal, man. Yeah, yeah. You got to push yourself. You got to push yourself. And I want to be invited back for season 50. I got an idea that I got a feeling that it'll be big. So Yeah. So let's talk about life experience. Okay. You. Give me give me one experience from your life that you feel has prepared you most for what you're about to get into. Uh, Well, one, um. At Morehouse, I pledge, Cap Alpha Psi, Pi Chapter, and um, bro, pledging, as we would call it, is a microcosm of life. Everything that you experience in this process, you'll experience in life, and that's exactly what happened. You weren't on, you were on, you were on nobody's time but theirs. Yeah. You were uh, accountable for those around you, your brothers, and so that really just. When I heard a lot of the things that I'd be up against out here, I'm like, that sounds like pledging. It's what it is. What no, it is. I feel you. I'm, I'm a I'm a fraternity brother myself. I let's talk. let's so, uh, go. And so, but yeah, I feel you. I mean, listen, I'm not. You're not getting like you know having to eat disgusting crap or like yeah, yeah. airsoft guns. But yeah. at the same time, like there is that idea of like if one falls, you all fall, and that feels yeah. so tribal. Yeah, exactly. So that so that excited me. I'm not gonna have my phone. I'm gonna have to be locked in, and you have to give 100% dedication when it comes to any pledging process. And so that was like the big prep that got me like comfortable with coming out here. I'd love to hear about your process for grad school because I, I saw you wrote in your bio that you were working in a nonprofit. Yeah. You like drove by the, the school, right? Sorry. And you're like, one day, one day. <laughs> what made you decide to finally act upon that one day and apply? So at the nonprofit, I'm still there now. It'll be eight years in July. Um, I'm leaving DC, you know, the rush out of DC to yeah. get to, I lived in Virginia at the time. And I'm passing GW, and I'm like, bro, it's no way that God is putting this institution in front of me. I'm telling everybody to go to school, and I didn't even want to get my master's. Huh. I didn't want to get my master's, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to look up GW, see what they have to offer, and I applied, and uh, thing, and, and it went really well. It went, yeah. And I took the whole process serious, but once I put my mind to something, I know that you know I will be successful with it, but... Graduate school was, um, once again, a microcosm of life and, and kind of as diverse as the Survivor cast. It's not a lot of, it wasn't a lot of African-American males in the curriculum and instruction master's program at GW. Mm -hmm. And so maybe about 10 to 15 out of 100. But um, 
that was uh, exciting. And that was just a prime example of you put your mind to it, you'll get it done. So you obviously talk people through like their application, how they're going to be perceived, what they're being looked at. Yeah. Let's apply it to you. What do you think you're going to be perceived as out here? That's a tough one, man, because I think Jeff brought it up, you know, just, you know, prepping us. He was like, my whole team had no doubt about anyone here. You know, it's 100 percent. We believe you should be here. So I could be perceived as a threat, but everybody could be the same as me in a different way. So I, I, I don't know. I might, I'm going to be perceived as funny. I'm definitely going to tell some jokes uh, as a good swimmer, a social threat. I get along with everybody, even those that don't get along with me. So people could find that um, threatening a bit. Yeah. Well, when it comes to other people, are you valuing something specific in an alliance member? Are you looking for a ride yeah. or die at number one? I'm definitely looking for a one. You know, I'm looking for somebody different than me. You know, of course, there's going to be people that play like me and we can vibe. But the it's like when people get like in the merge and they're like, this is our core six. And I'm waiting for that to happen because I want to know who's that seven person that's left out yeah. because that's my ride or die. That's the one that can, you know, shake things up a bit and we can keep going to the end. When it comes to that number one, I mean, you mentioned Jesse beforehand. There's been a lot recently about like, do you take that person to the end? Can you have that emotional wherewithal to cut that person? Where, yeah. do, you, where do you stand right now? Is that going to be a tough decision to make if it comes to it? Uh, one of the best advice um, one of the best things that my my wife gave me coming out here was, you know, don't be a wagon. You know, mm. you can't take everybody with you. So Jesse did play a good game, but his timing might not have been the best. You know what I'm saying? And how much I think people get closer to the end and they start sharing too much. So just don't be a wagon. Yes, there's going to be people that follow you. Yes, there's people that you might grow this bond with. But when the timing is right, you will have to sever those ties. But maybe not. Yeah. You'll have to take somebody to the end. And if they were a compliment to your game, then it shouldn't be a problem debating who or who did not have the better game. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind cutting ties. It's a million dollars on the line. I got to feed my kids. So... You've probably been looking around at these people for the past, you know, however uh, many days. I'm sure you've been making assessments. Give, give me some thoughts here. Let's start with the good side. Who are you getting good vibes from? Who are you thinking, like, if we wind up on the beach together, best case scenario? Yeah, anybody who smiled at me mm. more than, you know, three times, good vibe. Uh, anything, some people have, like, left their glasses or, like, uh, or, I don't know, something that's theirs, and I've given it back to them, like, I've gotten a good vibe just from giving them, you know, reminding them of what that is. Uh, is I think it's two other black guys out here. I'm getting a good vibe from them. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to just, I want to be able to represent something bigger than me if we're going to be on national TV. Mm. Um, and then other things I'm just, people are reading, honestly, Mike, I think that shit is fluff. Like... You're showing your hand. You're talking about people who are reading books. Yes, yeah. reading books in front of it. I know they say occupy your time, but I know now I know the t the five people who are going to be a beast at puzzles. Oh. So either you're going to be on my side or I'm going to make sure, you know, I know who to watch out for. Yeah. Because you've been reading puzzles since we left L.A. Or uh, people that, uh, you know, and, and the reading thing is like, 
bro, if you don't know it by now, you're not going to get it in the next couple of days just because you, you know, you started reading. I don't read in front of people out here. I read in, I read in my, in my silo. Mm -hmm. uh, I read about emotional intelligence. I read uh, how to win friends and influence people. I, I keep that information to myself yeah. and I can execute when I get out there. Yeah, talk to me about your preparation process. Uh, I know in your bio you say you exercise daily, both physically and emotionally. So was yeah. that for this process or was this something that's just always been part of your day to day? Emotionally is like inherently because I got two kids and so you gotta practice patience with little ones. You know, you gotta really come down to their level figuratively and physically and just speak eye to eye they don't know anything you got to be you got to teach them how to human in yeah. so many ways uh i did my second triathlon april 28th so Damn. yeah thank you the triathlon was fun you know but um that was a good practice of just like pushing your body to the ultimate way to see that you could swim, bike, and run in, in less than an hour. And I actually uh, ranked top 10 in my age group, 30 to 35. Wow. So, yeah, it was a good deal. So let me throw a scenario out to you. Let's say first couple days on the beach, yeah. boat pulls up to camp, guy's on it. You know what that means. There's a yeah. note that says pick one person to go on oh. the journey. <laughs> what, what's your tactics here? Are you trying to get yourself on that boat? Are you trying to get someone else on there? observe first mm -hmm. observe it's, it's six people on the on the island somebody's gonna jump at it or not um uh, of course i want to go you know what i'm saying but if i go it's really going to depend on the relationships i built right now you know can i come back and feel like i have to lie can i come back and tell a convincing story that everybody will believe and if i don't go i'm fine with not going um, when that person's gone, what seeds am I planting in the tribe so we can either grill this person up or make a decision about them before they even get back? Yeah, so going back to those advantages that, you know, record-setting yeah. run you hope to make. I mean, yeah, let's do it. We know these can be blessings and curses, though. What has made you lean so heavily into the blessing part of it all? Of the... Uh, for advantages in general. <sighs> uh, you got to play like you're going to lose, you know? It's mm. a... Uh, everybody's gonna go home you know what i'm saying it's 20 of us so i can't really pass up opportunities and, and you know watching it i'm like damn okay i think you read a challenge and it says you can put this back and you know watching i'm like oh no i would i would give this back or i would give it to somebody else but being out here you're like i don't know if i want to give up this opportunity you know but there does come some pros and cons but i just think God gave me the opportunity to be out here. If you come across anything, it could be an advantage for you. Except yeah. when they say, you know, you lose a vote for the next five tribals. But you can work your way out of that, right? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you got that magic. You got you, that spice you, you got, sprinkle on it. There you go. That spice, that charm. And, um, you know, one of the things about the advantages in one of my prep, I was writing uh, my idol, my business, my advantage, my business. You can't tell everybody. You tell that one person and hopefully it goes well. Mm. Let's talk about decision making yeah. in your life. Do you have like a typical method you use when you have to make an important decision? Do you have a step by step process in your head or are you more like gut oriented? If it feels good to me, I'll do it. I'm more gut oriented. I want to be more gut oriented out here. I think. Um, in my decision process making as a family man, you got to think about how it will affect everyone else. You know, what 
I don't know. What what will my wife think of this? How will she react? Does this affect picking up the boys? Uh, you know, what what might Carter and Cooper take away from this? Will I get a phone call from my mother? Is this going to affect me being on time to the next meeting? You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about how decisions affect your whole picture. And so even out here, I don't have that much time to think, though. Yeah. I got to think about it in like maybe a minute or two and make a decision. Yeah. I mean, I'm a parent of a four-year-old. So nice. Like, <laughs> I got the whole thing with you of like having patience, talking on their yeah. level. But to your point, like you got to think about that community. Yeah. And that applies not only in the tribal phase of the game, but like with alliances and yeah. also thinking about other people that might be enemies as for well. Sure. For sure. You have to know what your enemies even doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thinking two steps ahead of, well, what would my uh, opposition even say? You know, how would they react if I pull this? How would my alliance react if I say, you know what, I'm not going to vote with these guys. I don't agree. I'm going to get Danny out. You know, something like that. But um, you have to be able to think about how it's going to affect your tribe and how it's mostly going to affect your game and tribal council that night. What do you think is your hottest survivor take? What's your most like controversial opinion? could be about a player, yeah. season, the show in general. So, uh, my hottest survivor take is that, man... You know, Survivor's not a game, man. I mean, it is a game, but it's like, it's totally nothing like you expect. It's nothing that I've seen on TV. Mm. You know, like I watch it, but just the past five days being out here, it's mind blowing, you know? And um, I don't, I don't even know. I just think it's, 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 it's going to be. It's nothing like watching it. It's nothing like watching it. And then for all the people that, you know, like, have tried to, like, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. But you don't know until you out here. And if I do the numbers right, Mike, only a thousand people have been on Survivor. Yeah. And so the ratio of the people that are doing it and the people that are actually talking about <laughs> it is not, it's slim to none. It's a big one. It's a big number. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So let me present another what if to you. Sure. You can bring a celebrity mm -hmm. or a fictional character out as your loved one for a loved one's visit. Oh, Who, who'd you pick and why? Snap. A celebrity and a... Uh, or, or a fictional character. Oh, man. All right, let's go. Uh, I go. I go. I go. I go. Somebody from like, uh, like Stokely Carmichael or Malcolm X. Mm. Like somebody to to motivate me and make me think about, you know, the bigger picture, what I'm doing all of this for, and just ground me in in who I am as a black man out there in the jungle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then celebrity. Uh, that's a tough one. Oh, oh, celebrity? I'd go President Obama. So are you wrote in here that you introduced him. I'm assuming you meant at an event or like you introduced him to Michelle. I'm sure nah. what you meant by that. <laughs> that's a good one. No, um, in high school, freshman year, senior year, I was class president. Mm -hmm. Senior year, 2014, President Obama, 2010, President Obama is going into his first term. The White House is looking for a school to host this speech. We had a White House connection at Wakefield in Arlington, and they say, come do it at Wakefield. And so then they go into this process of, well, which 
student leader is the best to introduce President Obama. Now, by no means was I the top academic student. However, I did have the most influence out of the five students that they selected. The White House calls me and they say, uh, Tim, why should you introduce the president? I give them my pitch, you know, what I ran on as a campaign and whatnot. And they say, uh, they call me back and say, we want you to introduce President Obama. So in that senior year, I met President Obama twice, visited the White House once, and he gave me a challenge coin that I brought out here as my emotional item. So I think it, um, and honestly, bro, and my students get on me for this. I have not like written a letter to President Obama like <laughs> since then or like we haven't had any communication because honestly I just never felt like I did anything else bigger than that you yeah. know like I was kind of like ashamed but I would definitely invite him back and um you didn't write that letter because you were just waiting to see him out on the beach <laughs> exactly I didn't write that letter because I've been waiting to win Survivor and then I want to say this is what I've been doing the last decade well, you're like I haven't done anything big with my life like, <laughs> Game, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good follow up. Yeah. How are you feeling right now? You know, it's been it's been a lot of hurry up and waiting. Are you, yeah. are you ready to go or what's like the, the emotional cocktail right now? Uh, yeah. Media day was tough, bro. I mean, this day's this day's gotten a little easier. But yesterday I was not really in the spirit. Um, but I had to just I'm glad I experienced that little downfall because um, you're going to experience these downfalls in the game. And, you know, how do you pick yourself back up? But I'm blessed. I'm definitely excited. Um, I'm, 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 I'm eager to play and I'm eager to observe, engage with everyone else. And, and I miss my family, too. So I just want to make sure I'm out here representing for them. All right, Mike, uh, let's get into Tim. Great work once again. Yes, I had a lot of fun talking with Tim. And Tim was in this really interesting headspace. I kind of want to start with where things ended. When I asked for that temperature check for that emotional you cocktail. Did got the, you got the back to the emotional cocktail and he uh, drank it right up. Well, here's the thing. Uh, to peek behind the curtain really on how this entire process happened. So we did these interviews across two media days. These are the days where the castaways will do interviews with myself and Dalton Ross. They'll film their uh, big getting to know you video that gets released by CBS. And they also take their press photos, including the big cast photo. I talked with Tim on the second day. And the first day I had kind of caught wind that Tim was a little out of it. Tim was a little down in the dumps. Yeah, what do you mean? He expresses that much in my interview. I think it was a bit of homesickness. Uh, because Tim is not only a father of two, but he's a father of two young yeah. children. They are five and they are two. I don't think, even though Tim touts is one of his many accomplishments in his bio, that uh, he has traveled to several continents. I would hazard a guess that I don't know if he's traveled a lot away from his family. And so I can understand, look, my trip to Fiji uh, was the first time I had like gone anywhere without Asher since he was born. And like I certainly was feeling some mm -hmm. pangs of remorse behind it let alone somebody going to go play this like big 26 day high stakes adventure. I would understand that Tim is a bit in his feels. He says that, okay, I did my, you know, stewing. I had my cry. Now I get to move on. I got that out of the way, got that checked. That's easier said than done in survivor. We certainly have had people had very emotional starts and still recover from it. But I think that was a really interesting headspace for Tim to discuss though. He was of sunnier prospects when he talked with me that day. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of questions uh, for Tim. Um, 
that you asked him about the the players he related to. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Drea from Survivor Forty One. Who could forget? Uh, and then he also mentioned Diane. <laughs> Di- Diane from Survivor Africa. I mean, you think? Oh, surely he must have been somebody else. But look, let's go to his bio, Rob, when yet again the question was asked, what past Survivor would you play the game most like? Rob, we could give you 600 plus guesses among all the Survivor players. And I would say it would take maybe 545 before you got to the actual answer he actually wrote down, Shamar Thomas. I would, Does he know him? Like, why? Oh, that's a very random person. I think, where was Shamar from? That's a good question, because we know that he was from the, you know, Washington, Interestingly, that Mer- Virginia area. It was Mariah who said she started watching that season. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Uh, maybe they could have a connection of like, oh, yeah, remember Survivor Kara <laughs> Moen? That's what we're going to broker our alliance on. Uh, Shamar, they said it was in Brooklyn. So, like, mm-hmm. there's not even like a, you know, a connection, a DC area connection they're not a military connection, mm-hmm. it seems. So I have no idea what this man saw in yeah. Shamar. Much no, I don't like know Shamar who, I, I don't much know, with that uh, grain of sand in his eye. I, I'm trying to think of a player who even has a similar name to Diane. Yeah, I really can't think so either. Maybe this is also the nominal aphasia taking place, which if this is the case, look out Maria and Mariah. There's mm-hmm. a chance Tim might mix the two of you up. Yeah, Deshaun? Maybe, no, but that's not <laughs> Deshaun, it's not Diane. I'm trying to think of other D names. Devin? Devin? I mean, maybe is it like Diana? Is there a people's princess on Survivor that <laughs> I don't Tim know. was calling like yeah, the princess I don't know. Maybe Diana? Diane is from International Survivor. I mean, Tim is also big in the nicknames, right? He's yeah. Spice in the Streets. He called me Mike and Ike. Yes, Mike and Ike. Yeah. Um, he got a challenge coin from Barack Obama. What is that? Is that like a fire token? I'm not entirely sure. I thought at first it was like a challenger coin, uh, but I'm yeah. not sure why we'd want minted currency to commemorate that disaster. Does Is Barack like, Obama like give people special like tokens? Well, we know that Barack Obama is an avowed fan of the challenge. I'm pretty sure it's like heads is Johnny Banana. <laughs> yeah, you have to earn a challenge Carmaria. coin to play in TJ's final. Is that what it is? Exactly. Yeah, you got to go down in the sand, get your challenge coin. That's why Tim hasn't called Barack Obama. He's like, I haven't been in the sand yet. Now I'm in the sand on Survivor. I can mm-hmm. finally do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess he does have a, a Barack Obama challenge coin. You can but get like, one. Do you use it to challenge someone else or is it just, hey, you've succeeded in a challenge in your life? Yeah, Here's no, no. The coin. I, I, this is such a good question for Tim. Did Dwight from Survivor 43 ever interview Obama? Did we that? Uh, can we get to the bottom of this? What the yeah, challenge me, coins I'm mean? I'm going to look up my Dwight interview because he l- listen, that file photo shows that he interviewed several notables. Uh, Mm -hmm. famous and infamous i think obama had to have been on there yeah barack obama gives a challenge coin to kid science advisors okay he just gives them out yeah well for tim right like a a patron perk tim was class president and so he was able to introduce him yeah so okay i I think tim was gonna give uh, obama the heads up that he was gonna be on survivor so I don't think Dwight made it all the way to the number one guy in the Oval Office. He said in his interview with me that he interviewed three secretaries of state, a few senators, definitely very influential people. Influential people, for sure. Um, okay, so 
Yeah, he was going to give uh, let Obama know what he's been up to. And then he uh, remember when Obama followed a bunch of survivor people on Twitter. So yeah, maybe he's already Tim a fan. One of them. Yeah. Do you think uh, I mean, if, it's sad that Tim didn't maybe, become a survivor fan. Yeah, until Jamal later in could life. DM him and let him know. Do you think when Tim met Barack Obama, he's like, where's Jeff Kent's money? <laughs> not, I'm not sure. Um, OK, um, he's not going to be a wagon. I love that phrase. That's such an interesting, not only metaphor, which of course we love in New Era Survivor, but basically what his wife is inferring is this idea of you can't bring everybody to the end, mm. which is so interesting in counter to somebody like Hugh, who remember told me like, I guarantee you right now, someone from my original tribe, two of us are making it to the final four. Like he had this big communicative perspective. And Tim, listen, comes from that world of motivation, comes from that thing of like, we all lift each other up together. He talked about pledging as a life experience yep. that has prepared him most for Survivor. I think uh, maybe not a lot of gross food eating challenges in Survivor, nearly as much as <laughs> pledging. But I do think that he's coming in with that mentality of, listen, you can pick your people to go with, but don't ride them until the wheels fall off. Yeah. So, yeah, good advice. I think that Tim is a leader. Uh, he's going to be very social. I do think that not only is he a leader in life, I get the sense that he will be the leader of this tribe, unless there's just a total mutiny. I completely agree, because I think that someone like Maria on paper could also be a leader or, you know, if someone like Jem did want to do what she promised she wouldn't and like step up as the provider, she could also be seen as a leader. But Tim, I think, is not only willing to do so, he is actively pursuing it. Yeah. Uh, this is someone who comes from that position of like, again, shaping young minds. And it's not to say that, you know, the people he's working with now are comparable to people in high school, even though Jelinski is probably a few years out of it. But I do think that. Tim is all about like being that voice, the right. voice that introduced Barack Obama back in the day. And so I think he is not afraid at all to be somebody to like just help rile the group up together. And we see oftentimes when you become that mascot of the tribe, that often comes hand in hand with being the leader. Yeah. I think my concern for Tim comes from that. I feel like I could see him on a trajectory like a Brandon from Survivor 44, where sort of like, OK, big, strong guy in his tribe, natural leader and somebody who I think people are going to follow. I don't know if there's like a squeaky wheel here like Maddie was in Survivor 44 that might be gunning for him out the gate. But we run into this problem where you get to the final 10, final 11, and everybody's looking around. It's like, okay, well, Tim has got all of the Sega people, and he's the biggest target there and ends up attracting a lot of attention. Which is why this guy is idol-hungry AF, right? He wants to be a record breaker. He is somebody that is going to hit the jungle like nobody's business. Now, it really seems, I think, like him and Jem are going to be in a competition well, early on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Jem because I really felt like that Tim, I feel like that his most natural ally in this group will be Jem. That is my mm. Mike Bloom-esque calling my shot. That's a duo, Tim and Jem. 
Is it just the similarities in the name? It's no Maria and Mariah, but three letters okay. and at the end. Well, didn't both of them, uh, they had a similar uh, worldview in terms of like talking about idols and how yeah, they, they both said, like, I'm not telling everybody. I think uh, wasn't Tim's mantra that he wrote down my idol, my business. Mm -hmm. Not to mention also like uh, Mike, go back to loved ones. Who do you who would you want to have visit you? Tim? Yeah. Barack Obama. Jem, Michelle Obama. There we go. It's a match made. And in I'm just, I'm heaven. not trying to be, it's all okay. So there's, so there's like so some like politically, like they're very aligned. And I think that that's mm -hmm. very more important now than uh, ever as a way of people connecting. Uh, but I just feel like that, okay. So I, I think that they both have like a serious approach. Uh, so like, I think that they are probably like, not to say that this is a, a wacky tribe, but I think that there's like two of the more serious people like in this group where I think that Maria has like a little bit of like the um, sort of like spiritual side of her and Ben, of course, that we've talked about, you know, uh, what a quirky character he is. And I just feel like that, you know, Mar Mar Mariah is certainly a little bit different. And I feel like that Jem and Tim, I really feel like are going to gravitate towards each other. I can completely see that as well. Uh, I think that these two could easily be thick as thieves. You know, it also could be like an alliance of hard workers. I could see as well between Jem, Tim, and Maria. Maria and Jem could also be a duo. Maria, remember my interview with her, was like seeking to make, you know, a female version of a Wendell and Dom happen. And so I think there's a fair chance we could get a women's alliance happening on Sega as well. And if they have a fourth, I think Tim is a very easy person to slot in there because he does seem really easygoing as well, despite the fact that he's like, yeah, I want to grab all these idols, making such bold proclamations as like, uh, get out of here with this bullshit of reading at Ponderosa. How do you think you're coming across? He just has such like a laid back way of speaking. It's almost like Hannibal Burris-esque. Mm -hmm. That was my impression I got when talking with him. And I think that presents such a calm nature which i think will also make him such a good leader i think tim could be the most powerful position in sega because again not only do you have these leadership qualities but i think he is going to be a big asset in these challenges he is not the biggest guy on the season uh certainly i think he's a little bit of like a shorter stature compared to q compared to hunter compared to banu compared to Jelinski, or even charlie is taller than him but this guy is apparently an absolute dolphin in the water. Tim can swim. Tim swims in so many ways. And this guy just ran a triathlon in April. Uh, so clearly, like, his body is conditioned for a lot of stuff. Rob, there could be a low-key runners alliance happening in this tribe. Yeah, a lot of runners. I don't know if necessarily they bond uh, over that, but yeah, if there's any sort of like, uh, what's the challenge where they have to like uh, the hot pursuit challenge where every carry the weight, they bring that one back this season. Survivor like, Seek has got it. Well, yeah, they're not bringing back Last Gasp because Mariah hates it so much. Mariah hates so, yeah, it, but she might be in, good at it. I, gotta I, bring in another Palau challenge. Yeah. In I actually Hot think Pursuit. that like Hot Pursuit would be one. People would be pretty excited if they did Hot Pursuit again. How do you do that with three tribes, though? Wouldn't that be exciting? I mean, it would definitely be a shorter course. It'd be a shorter challenge, so I guess production would I be I think you'd make it, it. A, a longer course. 
I guess so. Or do you do like best two out of three, like two no. times? No, I think you sort of like like make just make the course longer and start with the with the three tribes. And what is it? If if you if you pass the people in front of you, they're out, and then it gets down to two. And then yeah, well, in that case though, because remember, usually in these new era seasons after forty one and forty two, it's one tribe goes to tribal council. So is it just okay? The first tribe that gets tagged goes to tribal council, and that's it. Maybe it's a reward challenge. Yeah, I think maybe a reward challenge could be very fun, mm-hmm. especially if it's for like that camp raid. I think that could be a fun way to stew up some uh, intra-tribe conflict. Okay. Mike, uh, th- here's how I'm seeing the Sika tribe. I feel like that there's maybe yeah, like... How do you a- Sika, Sika? See, here. I see Sika as a, I think like there's a core four. I think it's uh, Tim and Jem are at the top with like Maria and Charlie also I think are in the four. And then I feel like it's Mariah and Ben at the bottom. I could definitely see that. I think if there's a person of those two outsiders that is more likely to crack that center four, I think it would be Mariah over Ben. I know that coming in when we started this tribe, we said like, well, look, Ben is an absolute X factor, but who knows if they win enough or if he's able to just be that transcendental shreditator like he likes to be like maybe he's not going to ruffle any feathers and i don't really see this as being a very conflict heavy tribe as maybe any of the other two might be and so if you're looking for other reasons to vote somebody out not fitting in might be a big one and so these two people who tend to stand out more i could see being on the chopping nothing against ben i just don't see him fitting in with this group of survivors like i think that maybe in another tribe or a different season like i feel like that it would be a better landing spot for him but yeah i I don't know i just don't see like uh i think mariah is going to be maybe you know very interested in what ben has to say but the rest of the group i don't know not so much who knows? I mean, they might end up being, you know, the most important people in challenges or back at camp that then that foursome might have to turn on one another. But I do agree, at least at the outset, I very much see Siga things shaking down that way as well. And But I think, you know, look no further if you're looking for potential winner candidates from this tribe. I think the two that you pair together and Tim and Jem are both good. I know that you mentioned that Tim has some like Brandon downside and if people are targeting the seagulls and again when i say downside i mean that he's so strong and polished like that he is as i've been talking about a lot that the threat levels are just off the chart in terms of like okay he's a likable strong leader type that is going to you know we, we have not seen that person win in the new era Yes, but I would also say, I mean, you could argue that D might have been one of those people. That's uh, true. As, that's true. But I'm, as uh, you know, uh, and and Jam Jam, I think that he certainly like uh, came uh, w- was not necessarily like uh, viewed the same way that like a Brandon was. Yeah, but I do think that what Tim has that someone like Brandon lacks is I think he does have that duplicitous side to him. I mean, what's interesting is when I ask him his favorite moment in Survivor history, he initially gives this one random moment from season 43 when Gabler finds out about like the Jesse and Cody dynamic and is like, oh yeah, we're going to have to nip that in the bud. He talks about being in a merchant area where he is going to look out for the people that are saying, oh yeah, we're six strong. And he's going to look for that fledgling seventh person on the outs and pick them up. I think Tim has a very 
active way that he wants to play despite his maybe more passive perception. Uh, and so uh, and Mariah loves the passive perception checks. And so I think that Tim has that potential where maybe if his back is against the wall, he'll just keep swimming and he'll be able to maybe make some moves, maneuver around and potentially pick up some people that maybe someone similar to his archetype would not necessarily possess. Okay. Mike, anything else you want to say about Sega? No, I think this is a really interesting group. I'll again say that this does seem to be, I think, like, I wouldn't say the most level-headed, but I think some of the most calm personalities we have in this season are contained in this one tribe. But for all we know, once they actually start getting out there, the survivor crack might be infused into their bloodstreams and, like, they might absolutely go loco. But yet another interesting group of personalities, Rob, as we are two down one to go all right mike uh any highlights for this third tribe we are going to begin discussing tomorrow i mean lots of highlights considering that a look at the rainbow highlights across the glasses of one of them the doppelganger of mariah herself uh, we are talking about her actually we are talking about hunter and the doppelganger herself liz as we begin our deep dive into nami the okay last and not me me and you are going to be talking about nami okay mike what do you have going on over at parade.com well if you want an early teaser of nami before you get rob's thoughts on them i have already written up my interviews with them they were up in the first few days since the cast release you can check that out at parade.com as well as on my written interviews with sega i should be a day or two into yanu at this point as well and i'm also putting out articles from time to time too compiling some of uh, everybody answering these larger questions that we ask. For instance, I put out the uh, Survivor Hot Takes, mm -hmm. uh, which were interesting. Uh, for example, Mariah's hot take is, of course, that last gasp is not a good Survivor challenge. Tim's is, I think it was that, like, uh, basically, we shouldn't be judging from our couches, right? Mm -hmm. That, like, uh, it's more than a game when you're actually playing it. Some people had some very interesting... How does interesting he know? He didn't even play it. Listen, he's maybe thinking ahead already. Maybe he's announcing himself as a player, much like he did with Barack Obama. So lots of interesting definitions of both what a hot take is and their own hot takes in particular. You can check out all that as well as a bunch of other stuff I'm doing at a Mike Bloom type on social media and on Cameo. Okay, and check out everything that we have on our YouTube channel, robiswebsite.com slash YouTube and uh, all of our podcasts at robiswebsite.com slash subscribe. Mike Bloom, done it again. We've got three days left here as we talk about a brand new tribe starting tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.